Um, so we are continuing our message series in Colossians today, and we're actually wrapping it up. We're wrapping up the book of Colossians. We just talked about chapter 4 last week, and today, today we're going to look at our memory verses. Hopefully you've been uh, memorizing these, hopefully you've been reading these week to week, but we've been going through Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And so I would love for us, one last time, to all read this together this morning, all right? So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, right? What a great passage that is to memorize and have in our hearts and in our minds in our life. But what's really important, it's also great to understand, is why certain passages are there. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at this passage and say, why is Paul saying this right here, these words, to the people at the Church of Colossians and also our church today? And so we're going to be just unpacking this entire passage uh, for the next few minutes, okay? And so what we have to understand is that Paul is writing these words because there is an attack by the culture of this church. There's an attack against the church by the culture. And so what Paul wants to do is he, he wants them to understand that, hey, listen, this attack is, is there. It's real. It's not a physical attack, but it's an attack on their beliefs and also their worldview. You see, the church in Colossians was started by a name, by a man named Epaphras. He came to them, he shared the gospel with them, uh, he shared the good news of Jesus, and many people believed, were baptized, and now had new life found in Jesus. And in Colossians 2.5, Paul is writing to this church, and he is basically saying, hey, listen, I am so encouraged by your faith. Let's read it here in Colossians 2.5. This is right before the, the words we just read. He says, For though I am absent from you, I'm not with you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. You see, Paul's writing to this church, and he is so delighted with, with where they're at in their faith. But he's also very aware that people are trying to hold them captive with different beliefs, different teachings that are not rooted in Jesus in any way. And that's what we read in Colossians 2, 8. Right after the verses we memorized, we read this. Paul says, listen, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. And so it's super clear that Paul is saying, listen, I delight in you because your faith is strong, your faith is being built up, you receive the gospel, you guys are doing great, but beware because there is an attack by people who are trying to take you away from Jesus. They want you to believe a message that's not rooted in Jesus Christ. You see, so Colossians 2, 6, and 7 is Paul's encouragement of how to fight through that attack. How to fight through those people trying to hold them captive. And so that's what we're going to look at today. 
And so Paul encourages them in Colossians 2, 6, and 7, and I want to encourage us as well. And here's what I'm going to encourage all of us today. First, I want to encourage us to embrace the message of Jesus, and I want us to, to encourage us to continue to grow and be built up in him so that you overflow with thankfulness. To make it easier, all you have to remember is three words, embrace, continue, and overflow. Embrace, continue, and overflow. So we're going to look at these three things. Those are my three points in there, okay, in a row, and we're going to look at that. So first, we need to embrace the message of Jesus. Embrace the message of Jesus. Verse 6 begins like this. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. This verse begins with a call to remember. If you, if you notice it there, just as you received, what does that do to the mind? It makes you think about when you received that, right? Like if someone gives you a gift and someone says, oh, when did you receive that gift? Then the mind automatically goes to when you got the gift. And that's exactly what Paul's doing here. He's jogging their memory saying, just as you received this Christ Jesus as Lord. And so what's the message that they received? What did they receive in the past? And so we're going to look at that message in Colossians 1.6. Isn't it awesome how an entire book of the Bible all flows together? Just to let you know. So if you've never read one all in a row, I highly encourage you to do it. Okay? So Colossians 1.6 shows us the message that they received. Paul says, in the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. He's encouraging them, saying, hey, what's happening in your area is also happening everywhere in the whole entire world. So be encouraged. And then he says, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So what's the message they received? What did they receive from Epaphras? Do you see it? The last two words, the message of God's grace. The message of God's grace. If you don't know what grace means, grace is favor or acceptance or a love that is not deserved. Grace means favor, acceptance, love that is not deserved in life. We are all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So salvation from God is not deserved. And yet God, by his grace, gave us Jesus. And that's the message that they received from Epaphras. It's the message of the gospel. Well, what's the gospel? I love this definition. It's new to me as recently. Jason Johnson in Reclaiming uh, Foster Care says this. The gospel, this is a great definition. The gospel is God's capacity to bring great beauty out of tragic brokenness. Just let that sink in for a second. The gospel is God's capacity, or in other words, only God can do it. God's capacity to do something that we can't do for ourselves, to bring great beauty out of tragic brokenness. God takes what is tragically broken, you and me today, 
and he restores us into something beautiful, something new, and it's all done by grace through Jesus. The message of grace has never been about what you achieve. It's always about what you receive. And that's exactly what this is talking about. God's capacity to bring great beauty out of tragic brokenness. And so I wonder today, I wonder today, have you ever embraced the message of Jesus? And by embrace, I mean, have you ever believed it with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength? Have you ever just embraced this message and said, yes, I do believe that Jesus Christ came to earth, that he lived perfectly because I'm imperfect. I'm not perfect. And he did that all the way and he went to the cross where he died and for my sins, for your sins. But he didn't stay in the grave. Three days later, he rose again in victory. And it was in that moment where it validated everything he said and he did in his life on earth. And it's because of the resurrection that we can now have salvation from our sins. That's the message of Jesus. The question is, is have you ever embraced it? Have you received this message and and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Have you surrendered your life to him as Lord and, and leader of your life? We all have to ask that, ourselves that question in, at some point, right? At some point, you have to say, have I embraced this message? If you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't really know how to do that. It's very simple. Luke 18 gives us a picture of what to do. The tax collector standing far off, he, he's shameful for his sin. He understands he's a sinner, and all he does is simply say, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's as simple as it is today. So in your seat today, you can embrace the message of Jesus by simply understanding that you've fallen short and understanding that Jesus didn't, and he died on the cross for you and your sins. That's it. That's how you can embrace the message of Jesus today. And then, no matter when you've embraced Jesus, today is a great day to also show us you did that. Okay? Today's a great day. Just like in Acts, they received the message of the gospel from Peter, and then they all went down and they were baptized, identifying with Jesus, showing what has gone in, on in their souls. And so today is a great day where you can literally do that take one step closer, okay? And so you got to ask yourself that question. So first, we have to embrace the message of Jesus. Second, we learn in these verses, we have to continue to grow and be built up in him. Continue to grow and be built up in him. So once we embrace the message of Jesus, it doesn't stop there. We don't just stop and say, all right, I'm good. We're good to go. No, that's actually the beginning of the journey, isn't it? For those of you who have embraced the message of Jesus for a long time, you understand that this is a journey. So in other words, we have to continue to grow and be built up in him. That's what it says here in Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. I want to highlight one phrase in this passage. I think you know what it may be. 
Those two words, in him. It says it twice here. It's kind of a weird idea or a weird wording. It's like, in him. What, what does that truly mean? Well, that phrase, in him, means that once we embrace and believe in the message of Jesus, we are grafted into the family of God, forever connected to the Father, okay? So once we embrace Jesus and we put our faith in him, God grafts us into his family and we're forever connected to the Father. We're now a part of his family, or you can think about it, we're a branch coming off the vine, which is Jesus. And so Paul says here, just as you received Christ, continue to live in him, or in other words, connected to him. You see, Paul encourages them because, remember, they're, they're getting attacks with other beliefs. He says, wait, in the midst of this attack, you need to make sure you're connected to Jesus. Continue to be connected and live connected to Jesus. Paul understands how easy it is to live independently from Jesus, right? He understands how easy it is for us as sheep to stray, to go off. And Paul says, no, on the journey, you have to stay connected. You have to stay close. You have to be connected to Jesus. He says, don't stray. Live connected to Jesus because when you do that, guess what happens? When you continue to live your lives in him, guess what happens? You become rooted and you become built up right? You become rooted and you become built up. Your roots will grow down and you will build up. There's a depthness that happens when you're connected to Jesus and there's also a maturity that happens to Jesus. You become rooted and you also become mature in your faith. I love these two analogies. They're different yet they're the same. Rooted is an agricultural term obviously And any farmer knows that roots are vital to the growth of the fruit, right? Roots are vital to the growth of the fruit. And the Bible talks all the time about the fruit we are producing in our lives. Even Jesus walks past a fig tree not producing figs. And what does he do? He he curses it. it. It's dead. The next day they walk past it, it's gone. Because it's not doing what? Producing fruit. Well, in order to produce fruit, we have to be rooted. And then any contractor or architect knows that the foundation to a building is vital to the stability of a building. If you're going to build a skyscraper, you're not going to make it skinny, are you? Like I build blocks with my kids, and they don't understand. They just do one on top of the other, and then it just falls. And I'm showing them. I'm like, no, you have to start with six, then four, then three, and then you start going up, right? And then you can make a wicked awesome tower. But it's that idea of you got to build it up. you got to build up the foundation. Why? Why do you have to build up the foundation? So that your roots can grow down, but also so your stability can be there. Because guess what? When the storms of life come and you aren't rooted and you aren't being built up, you're going to sway, aren't you? You're going to drift. You're going you're gonna to fall. But yet, when we're connected, when we're rooted, when we're built up and the storms come, you're going to stand firm. You're going to stand firm. In fact, you'll be strengthened 
in your faith. How interesting is that? You'll be strengthened in your faith. So when we live connected to Jesus, we live in Him, we are rooted, we're being rooted day after day, we're being built up day after day, so that we can be strengthened with whatever comes our way, whether that be storms that come into your life, or even other thoughts, other belief systems, people dragging you down, whatever it may be. Because that happens, doesn't it? That happens time and time and time again. There's no wonder so many people leave the faith because maybe they're not living connected to Jesus. Maybe they're not rooted. Maybe they're not being built up. Well, just like Paul says, I want to encourage us today. I want to encourage us today. We need to live connected to Jesus in him Are you living connected to Jesus so that you can grow and be built up? That's a great question to ask yourself today. And if you are, if you are doing that and living connected to Jesus, your faith is becoming stronger, you're bearing fruit. If you've embraced the message and you're living disconnected today and you want to reconnect with Jesus, guess guess what way, it's a great way to reconnect with Jesus today right? A great way to reconnect with Jesus. And you know you've been swaying. You know you've fallen down. You know you've been distant, living that prodigal son lifestyle possibly. Today's a great day to be re-baptized. Maybe you've been baptized before and you're like, you know what? I've been so far from Jesus. Today's a great day to reconnect with him. I'm going to declare my allegiance again to him. Because remember, Baptism is a symbol of what's already going on in your heart. And so now is a great time to get up, go to the atrium, and be baptized today if that's you. The last thing we want to talk about is we want to embrace the message of Jesus. We want to continue to grow and be built up in him so that you overflow with thankfulness. With thankfulness. Paul says it in verse 7 and overflowing with thankfulness, okay? It's that simple. And overflowing with thankfulness. Paul continues to live Paul continues to live in him and he continues to overflow with thankfulness because of Jesus and he wants these people in Colossians and us today to do the same exact thing. Continue to live in Christ connected to him so that we can overflow with thankfulness. Why are these people overflowing with thankfulness because he says continue to do it so they already are why are they overflowing with thankfulness well it's simple it's because they've received christ jesus as lord it's because their faith is being built up and strengthened it's because they're living in him notice how i didn't say it's because life is going really really well It's because of what Jesus has done for them, how he's taken what's tragically broken and he's made it something absolutely beautiful because God has taken care of their eternity, the salvation of their sins, but he's also taken care of their present by building them up. Why wouldn't they be thankful? Why wouldn't you be thankful? We all love good news in our lives, don't we? 
Like, think about it. Think about the days where you hear really good news early in the day. How does that affect your day? Right? You go to work, you're like, today's a great day. This went wrong, I don't care, I got great news. Right? Or this is going wrong, it doesn't matter, I got great news. But when we hear bad news, that just ruins our day, doesn't it? That ruins my day. Like when my kid tells me he missed the, the, the toilet going to the bathroom, that ruins my day. Okay? That's terrible news. But good news never ruins our day. Good news always causes us to be thankful. It causes us to rejoice. It causes us to just just be happy that day. And so here's the beauty of this, is that we get to overflow with thankfulness daily. We truly do. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, through his resurrection, and how he's working in our lives now, strengthening and building us up in the faith. And so Paul says this in Colossians 16 through 17. He goes on to say to the same church, he says, listen, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude, there's your thankfulness, in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Listen, we can overflow with thankfulness, we can sing to God with gratitude, and we can give thanks in whatever we do if we do one thing, if we let the message of Christ dwell among you Richly. Wait a minute, what's the message of Christ? I already told you. God's grace. If we allow God's grace to dwell in our souls, in our lives, richly, in other words, that we just give it life, we nourish that in our souls, guess what? The the normal response is to overflow with thankfulness, even in the midst of our storms and chaos of life. We get to overflow with thankfulness because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So I wonder, are you overflowing with thankfulness today? Or have you just let the world drag you down and really made, made you think, like, you know what? Life isn't all it's cracked up to be. Well, listen, when we're living connected to Jesus, we're being rooted We're being built up, which means that we have what we need to get through the chaos. 